grateful that you've decided to worship with us for another week. We count it an honor. Uh, you could have been anywhere, but you've tuned in to our streaming service. And for that, we're grateful and believe God has something significant in store for you. But listen, I am excited to announce that we will be back in live worship, open to everyone, on June the 6th. Make sure you mark your calendars for June the 6th. Let everyone you know. It'll be safe. It'll be socially distanced. Uh, it will be a beautiful experience. Mark your calendars for in-person worship service right here at 350 Pine in downtown Long Beach, June the 6th. <laughs> Get it down. Listen, we'll have gatherings before that point, which will be RSVP only, just to make sure we work all the kinks out so that by the time you step in here, it will be phenomenal. Make sure you mark your calendars for June the 6th, and we'll see you right here at 350 Pine. Now I want you to grab your Bibles, grab your devices, grab something to write with, something to type on as we prepare to go back into our series entitled Dream Assassins. Let's pray. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We declare that there is no one like you, no one beside you anywhere. Wherever your children have found themselves, wherever we found ourselves this morning, my prayer is that you take us from that place and establish us squarely in the center of your will. Cause us to understand that all things are working out for our good. As you're conforming us into the image of your son, you are bringing about favorable outcomes in challenging circumstances. We believe that until you cause the manifestation of our dreams to become realities. We'll hold on to that truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to meet me in Genesis, the 39th chapter. Genesis, the 39th chapter, and it reads, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was successful. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord's favor, or the Lord was with him, and caused all that he did to succeed. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in the house, And over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and in the field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. While you already know this series is entitled Dream Assassins, I don't need a subtitle, but I do want to tell you, as there are various types of assassins when it comes to your dream, today I want to focus on or to remind you to watch out for the silent assassin. Yeah, I need you to watch out for the, the silent assassin. As you've heard in weeks past, Joseph is coming to meet his brothers. They plot 
to take his life, one of the brothers, Reuben, speaks up, convinces them to throw him into a pit. He plans to come back and get him. But before he can come back and get his brothers out of the pit, his other brothers decide that they're going to sell Joseph. In fact, it was Judah's idea to sell him into slavery. There were some traveling Midianite merchants they sold Joseph to. Those Midianite merchants sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's servants, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. And here Joseph, at 17 years old, is sold into slavery. And it's here where he will remain for years. He goes from his teenage years to becoming a young adult here in Potiphar's house as a slave. He went from being his father's most favored son with a beautiful coat and the accoutrements of his father's favor into now a simple slave in the house of his new master, new term for him, Potiphar. Up until this point, the opposition to Joseph's dream is an external fight. His father dismisses him at times. His brothers hate him, the Bible says, all the more. They plot to kill him specifically because of his dream. Every time he would dream, it would remind them of levels and platitudes they would never reach. His big speech made them feel small. Now, as we shared before, he may have had a little immaturity with it, maybe a touch of arrogance, but he was giving it to them the way God gave it to him. But up until this point, his opposition came from the outside. And while we don't know with certainty, I wonder how Joseph navigated the internal fight. I mean, think about this. There must have been an internal fight. Joseph goes from being the favorite son now to a slave in Potiphar's house. He went from being the favorite son with a dream that he was going to do big things. And you get the sense that he believed the dream. He knew that there was, it was more than a dream. He didn't dismiss it as some fantasy, but he brought it to his family and he believed that he would be great. He believed that he would do significant things. He believed that he would be distinct. Now here he is with his big dream in a place. It was comfortable bondage, but it was servitude nonetheless. Again, I wonder in this season, the Bible doesn't give us too many blues clues right here. We have to use our sanctified imagination. But there had to have been, while these, this speaks to the white spaces in the text, it, there had to have been an internal Challenger wrestling with Joseph, being leveled after his dream. Circumstances now inconsistent with the dream. Wonder if there's anybody listening who knows what it is to, to have God-inspired dreams. You get a glimpse, a snapshot of the possibilities. 
only to find that your circumstances along the journey sometimes are inconsistent with what you've been dreaming. He saw elevation, yet he's here in this circumstance. He's walking in, though he saw elevation, his dream was a dream of distinction. He saw his sheaves, his bundle of wheat, rising up ab above his brothers. While he saw elevation, he is in a position of demotion. It's here that expectation and reality clash. If there's anything that's difficult, it's difficult to, to navigate your way through those moments when expectation and reality clash. When expectation is incongruent with your reality. When your dream does not match what you're living on a daily basis. In fact, sometimes in the journey, your Daily reality is the antithesis of your dream. He had a snapshot of ruling, and he is literally a slave. <laughs> Moments like that, we, we sometimes feel as if God has a sense of humor, if you're, you're optimistic about it. For some of you, you've been frustrated with God because while he has given you the dream, he's brought the inspiration, your circumstance often clashes with your expectation or with your reality. Side note, with all this that was going on, while Joseph had dreamed of lofty things and has now found himself in a frustrated position there's always a silver lining that runs through God narratives. And I'm going to tell you who are listening, while your current circumstance may not match your reality, there is always a divine thread that is weaved throughout the fabric of your journey. Some of you have been frustrated when words are spoken, but after a prophetic word is spoken, after a message is given, after you receive the word as your own, it seems as if the opposite takes place in your life. And the assumption is that God's word is not true or that this is hype speech or that uh, this is something that is spoken to encourage you, but it's vain optimism because it's not going to come to pass. Like Joseph, what you cannot see is the orchestration of God behind the scenes. God is plotting. God is planning. God is scheming to bring the dream that he's placed on the inside of you to reality. But, but honestly, it doesn't always look like it. You go back and get your education and sacrifice with the hopes is going to change your socioeconomic status, but sometimes before you go up, it seems as if you go down. All this education for a pay cut. There's expectation that when you enter into this new relationship, things will be better, and it was smooth just a week ago, only to find that this 
relationship you're in is worse than the one that you ran from. And there's a promise hovering over your life. There's a prophetic word that's been spoken. God has told you to prepare for your spouse, your husband, your wife, and you found yourself in this circumstance. Sometimes it seems to get worse before it gets better. And we come to conclusions. We come to conclusions that God is not faithful. We come to conclusions that God is not good. We come to conclusions that uh, it must not have been God. We come to conclusions that we were deceived into believing that better was possible. But can I give you the side note I promised? With all this, he was still, follow me, even with apparent emotion, he was still closer to his ultimate destiny. Even though it looked like a deficit, he was closer to his destiny because he now goes from his father's house into slavery or into servitude at Potiphar's house. He goes down. There is a demotion. But even though he goes down, he gets closer to where God is ultimately taking him. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us that Potiphar was officer to Pharaoh and captain of the palace guard. Let me say that again. Potiphar was officer to Pharaoh, the highest ruler in the land, the king in the land. And he was officer to Pharaoh and captain of the entire guard. Now, I want you to see this. We know the story. We read ahead. Joseph eventually gets to a place of rulership. God's dream is fulfilled as Joseph gets to a place of rulership in Pharaoh's household. Interesting. Joseph could have been sold anywhere. He could have been sold to one of Potiphar's Servants. He could have been sold to another wealthy merchant. He could have been sold to someone who traded in fine linens and purple. He, he could have been sold to anyone, but God orchestrates what looks like a demotion. <laughs> Even though he's sold or he goes from a place of lofty posture into a place of servitude, though he goes down, he is still closer his ultimate destiny. Ultimately, God's taking him to Pharaoh. He allows him to make a pit stop in the household of someone who has proximity to where he is ultimately going. Listen, I don't have time to camp out right here but it's, because it's not the message, but I want to talk about that silver lining. I want to talk about that divine thread that runs through our life. I want to talk to someone who is in the middle of frustration right now because after God given you a dream, you believed it and been bold enough to tell people it seems as if things unraveled. It seems as if things have gotten worse. I want to remind you, sometimes you can't see it. In the same way, Joseph was not able to discern it. Joseph was not able to see it. He didn't see the divine orchestration of God. All he saw was his circumstance, that he went from being a favorite son to a slave. But what he did not know is that God was bringing him. He was giving him proximity to someone who had proximity to his ultimate destination. 
Yeah, you, you may be going down, but God sent me to declare, though you are going down, you're going down, your dream is not dead. Though you've been demoted, your dream is not dead. Though things seem to be falling apart, your dream is not dead. Sometimes you go down, but even though you've gone down, you're closer to where you ultimately be. <laughs> you're unaware. There are people listening, you're, you're unaware of just how close you are are to your elevation, how close you are to your promotion. Sometimes humility goes before honor. Sometimes lowering goes before elevation. And when the Bible says humility goes before honor, it is not just humbling yourself, but it's speaking also of humbling circumstances. Sometimes it is not a gradual climb to the top. Sometimes what precedes promotion is dishonor. Sometimes what precedes elevation is demotion. Sometimes you need to be fired from your job to start the business God has for you. Sometimes you need to be dumped by somebody to find the wife that God has in store for you. Sometimes you need to be dismissed as someone's trash to be discovered as someone's treasure. Whenever you go down, don't assume that your dream is over or God is not faithful. Sometimes we go down but closer to what we will ultimately be. Yeah, Joseph was a slave. He was a slave here. But even as a servant in Potiphar's house, God brought favor and elevation there to Joseph. And here's what I love. He didn't just bring elevation to Joseph. He brought elevation to the entire house of Potiphar because of Joseph. If I had time to camp out there, but I don't because I haven't even gotten to my real message yet. There's an assassin I want to warn you about, but I'm getting a little excited right here. If I had time to tell you that the favor often does not rest on you, but it, there are people who are blessed even in your challenging circumstance because you're there. Your, your company is blessed even though they've dissed you uh, because you are there. You bring life. You bring favor, not only to yourself, but you bring favor into the environments that you walk into. Your city is blessed because you're there. Your school is blessed because you are there. Everything in Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph's presence was there. It's a kingdom principle. It's like the yeast in the dough with our principle. Our pr the principle should be that everywhere we go, there should be some sort of transformation. Everywhere we go, there should be something of the essence of the king that lingers behind. Everywhere we go, we should leave the aroma of heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven here because of Joseph's presence. Potiphar's entire house was blessed. He was elevated to a place of prominence in the house of Potiphar. But there's a challenge with this. Even though he had favor, even though there were open doors of access, even though he started at the bottom, now he's here. <laughs> that was so corny, but I had to. He, he is elevated, but there's something that's still... Not quite right. 
Joseph was there for years of his life. He went from 17 years old to a young adult, well into his young adult years, there in the house of Potiphar. He experienced the same elevation that he did in his father's household. He got favor in Potiphar's household. The Bible said Joseph was so cold-blooded that the only thing Potiphar had to worry about is what he was going to eat. Can I, can I tell you how to find elevation, which is another message, we'll move through this fast, in any environment that you're in? Learn to make the one who's paying you, make, to make their life easier. Find one thing to take off of their plate to free them up from. They may not like you, but elevation will come when you relieve them, when you take the things they have been worrying about and you make it your problem, when you create solutions, when you take things off of their mind, off of their plate, elevation will always come. Joseph, the Bible said, because uh, Joseph was there, the only thing Potiphar had to worry about is what he was going to eat. That's a problem solver. So he elevated all the way up to the highest ranking person outside of Potiphar in Potiphar's household. But there was still a challenge. He had elevation. But even though he had elevation, I'm sure there was something internal that, that wasn't fully settled. Like many of you listening, there are many of us listening who have experienced elevation but are soberly aware of the fact that even though here I've experienced elevation, this is not the destination. Yeah, that's a frustrating place to be. Where things have gotten good. Where you've built finance where there is comfort, where there is elevation, but there is this nagging suspicion internally, even though there is elevation, this is not my ultimate destination. It is being a big shot. <laughs> we find Joseph here, a big shot in the environment of the one who is a servant in his ultimate environment. I said that too fast. Let me slow down. Joseph finds elevation, but he is now a big shot in the house or environment of one who is a servant in his ultimate environment. So here he is, the highest ranking man in Potiphar's house. Most people will be happy. That's where most will camp out. But here is the challenge. He is a big shot in the house of the one who is the servant of Pharaoh, where he was ultimately meant to rule, where he was ultimately meant to go, where the dream resides. You've heard of where the money resides, where the money resides. <laughs> I need to get to some, somebody to where the dream resides, where the dream resides, where the dream, where the dream, where the dream resides. But some of you will never get to where the dream resides because you've been comfortable being a big shot in the environment of the one who is a simple servant in your ultimate place. He is a big fish in a pond 
with a dream of oceans. Whew. He is a big fish in Potiphar's pond. But he's got an ocean-sized dream on the inside of him. I wonder if there's anybody who's listening like me who knows what it is to have an ocean-sized dream, but to be stuck in a pond. Your pond may be your current workplace. Your pond may be the environment you grew up in. Your pond may be the neighborhood you feel relegated to. Your pond may be the confines of the city that you're a part of. Your pond may be the relational architecture of your life, but I want to talk to some dreamers who have tried to settle. You've tried to get settled in because you're in a good situation. You are a big fish in a small pond with a dream of oceans. Yeah. I told you, you got to watch out because there's so much that can come to, to steal your dream, to discourage your dream, to kill your dream, to assassinate the assignment, to assassinate the destiny, to assassinate the dream that you're carrying. And here is the silent assassin that many of us will experience in our life, and if not careful, we'll camp out in the pond and never get to the ocean will become comfortable in Potiphar's house and never get to the palace. The silent assassin is he is not where he was, nor where he will ultimately be, but stuck in the middle. It will not be his brothers, haters, or enemies that he'll have to contend with here. As you're stuck in the middle, in between where you were and where God ultimately wants to take you, there will be blessing. There'll be accoutrements of success that come along the way. But the question is, will you go after the dream? Or will you get stuck right there by the silent assassin called the middle? Because there, it's where you won't contend with an external enemy. It's there that you'll contend or we contend with ourselves. Mm, yeah. It's easy to talk about the haters. It's easy to talk about the enemies. It's easy to talk about being elevated above those who are trying to bring you down. But when was the last time you had a conversation with yourself? When was the last time that you told yourself, don't get comfortable here? When was the last time that you told yourself that this is good, but I've got to continue to keep my sights higher? When was the last time that you told yourself or reminded yourself that God gave me a dream, and though this feels good, this ain't it? Here is where. The silent assassin comes in. Here is where you negotiate with your destiny. I'm sure he came in with a bit of the glow of the dream and felt good as elevation came to him. 
But after a while, the growth was capped because the context was too small. I can imagine him coming in after the dream, assuming that the momentum that he felt would allow one thing to lead to another. He may have thought, shoot, maybe Potiphar will put a good word in for me with Pharaoh. What we find is, even though he had elevation, he could go no higher than the context he was in. The context was too small. I want to talk to some folks. And I know God works this out. I know God is the one orchestrating things behind the scenes. But I want to remind some people that are, are, are stuck in the middle. Number one, that this is not where you will remain. Number two, I don't want you to get too comfortable in the middle. I do not want your mindset to adjust to the comforts of the middle. If not careful, you'll go from magnitude to management to minimization with your dream. After being restricted too long, you'll dismiss your dream of greatness as a youthful ambition. Life at Potiphar's house was good, but not what he dreamt. There's something about adversity that, that beats the God-inspired dreams out of your sight to your periphery all the way to a forgotten memory that was up front. But here we find the, if not careful, we'll fall into the trap or until the crosshairs of the silent assassin. Here it is the good that can undermine the great for us. Where dreams are traded for comforts and magnitude for the middle. <laughs> Destiny for predictability. Cognitive development particularly in early adulthood, where, where he was, from young adulthood on, post-formal thought, we become realistic. It's where idealism decreases. Now, that's healthy for, for most folks, and it helps balance us out. But when it is a God-given dream, a God-birthed dream, we don't negotiate with it, but we press into it. Sometimes our circumstances don't change instantaneously, but we've got to keep our mindset above our circumstances. We have to keep the trajectory of our lives turning upward. And if our circumstance is not turned upward, our hope should be. As long as we're living, the dream is still possible. As long as we're living, the, the dream is still attainable. As long as there's breath in your body, God is still orchestrating and scheming behind the scenes in ways that you can't see. 
is looking for some folks that will partner with them, even while you are temporarily sidelined, temporarily confined. And I do say temporarily because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Trouble don't last always, y'all. It's turning around. But it takes time. It was 13 years between the time Joseph was thrown into the pit and the time that he ascended to the palace. 13 long years. He was betrayed by his brother. He was brought into servitude. He elevated there, was falsely accused, thrown into prison, and eventually gets to where God is taking him. But it was 13 years. You know what happens when you don't experience the manifestation of your dream over a substantial period of time? Is you believe it's not going to happen. You believe that God's done. You believe that it's not going to work out the way you expect it. You dismiss it again as youthful optimism. But you've got to keep your eye on your dream. Keep your hope lifted before the Lord. Keep sight of your dream. Now, now I want to talk to someone who is stuck in a confining circumstance because what you note from Joseph here is not someone who dishonored where he stood in pursuit of where he was going. I want to be clear that you understand I'm not suggesting that we should not be thankful and faithful where we are. Nothing's worse than a dreamer who is so obsessed with their tomorrow that they are careless with their today. A dreamer that is so enraptured by their ultimate post that they dishonor their current one. We see this in churches. The moment someone realizes that God has a call on their life, at times they'll burn the bridge where they are before they get to where they're going. We see it at restaurants. There are people serving good food with terrible attitudes because even though they're there, as they're there, it's beneath them because they're working on other things. They have bigger dreams, greater aspirations. There's nothing worse than someone who is living in their tomorrow and giving me bad service in the restaurant today. Because you're going to have your own company. The moment you realize that it is in the realm of possibility, there's some listening who dishonor the company where they are. You show up late to work and you want your own company. What I found is God will bless you in your own in the same way that you served in someone else's. You want your employees to show up on time, but you come late to everything because you're above this job with your friendships. You've met folks that are more influential, important. Maybe people that have greater access and you burn the bridges with those that have been loyal to you. You leave them for bigger and better things. I, I don't think there should be a dichotomy between the two. You can still dream and be faithful where you are. 
You can be reaching while work with one hand while working with the other. You can be reaching with one hand while diligently serving with the other. We see throughout Scripture people faithfully serving where God has planted them while lifting their sights to a better place. Well, we're grateful for every opportunity and remain faithful, I want to remind you to hold on to your dream. Hold on to it. You have to learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. Be faithful to where you are, but the flip side is know you are going somewhere. Joseph was there before he went to the palace for 13 years. Listen, you have to learn over extended period of time, even though the dream is not a reality, you've got to think like you're going somewhere. You've got to walk like you're going somewhere. You have to prepare like you're going somewhere. You have to remember that you will not stay here forever. Even if God delays things, it does not mean he's denied me the dream. I'm going somewhere. In fact, type that in your chat or tell the person sitting next to you, I'm going somewhere. I know it doesn't look like as much. I know it looks like things have gone sideways. I know it looks like I've gone down, but I'm still going somewhere. I still believe that God has a hope for me, a future for me, a destiny for me. I am going somewhere. Don't judge my circumstance. You better listen to this dream. I'm going somewhere. I'm here to tell you, manage well. Yeah, yeah. Take care of Potiphar's house well. Serve where you are well, but practice like you're a ruler. God, I wish I had time to talk about how you can serve here, but get your ruler practice in. Practice like you're a ruler. Manage their affairs like it's your own. Yeah, take those deposits in and get used to those denominations because one day it won't be for them. You'll be depositing that into your bank account. Sit in the meeting and take good notes, but know it's okay to think about how you're going to run the meeting when you're CEO. Do whatever you've got to do, but keep the dream alive. Don't let the dream die. Don't let it be snuffed out by the silent assassin called the middle. I came to talk to some people who are in the middle. There's a range of things that you experience in the middle. Before Joseph was where he was going, he, the beginning of his middle phase was literally thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. He was at the bottom of the totem pole. And while at the bottom of the totem pole, while you're in the middle, you have to remember that God still has a hope and a future for you that because your circumstances have changed does not mean the dream is dead. But as you begin to elevate from the lower rungs of the middle into the upper echelons of the middle, still remember <laughs> that is the middle. Though there may be perks that you didn't have when you first got to Potiphar's house and 
doors of access you didn't have when you first walked in. Don't ever negotiate with your destiny. Don't ever become comfortable with being a big fish in a small pond when there are oceans that God's shown you. Be faithful where you are, but refuse to stay where you are. And even if your circumstance does not change for a while, I want you to change your mindset. And as you're serving there, as you're working there, as you're laboring there in a capped environment, I want you to labor and serve like you're doing it in the palace because what I found is if you bring palace-like quality in a capped environment, it is a matter of time before God will take you to the actual palace. Never lose sight of your God-given dream. Keep your eye out not only for the assassins that are out there, but the one who is right here. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for meeting us where many of us are. And while we celebrate all that you've done, even in this place, through challenges, through difficult circumstances, and through setbacks, I pray that you cause us to remember who we are. Cause us to remember the gifts that you've placed in us, the dreams, the, the vision, the magnitude that has been minimized while we've dwelt for too long in the middle. Remind us until our mind changes. Remind us until our countenance is raised. Remind us until we find fresh inspiration. fresh inspiration and continue to remind us until you take us to the palace into the manifestation of the magnitude you first showed us and we'll give you glory we'll give you honor we'll give you praise as we declare a God-given dream shall not die but live Jesus' name, all those who agree, let me hear you say amen. Listen, my prayer is that this message met you where you are and caused your dream to stir in your heart again. I pray that God has reminded you of who you are and that you never forget it. Listen, if you don't have a church family, a church home, and you want to make this place, Antioch Church, your church family, church home, listen, we would love to be your family, your church home. There is a link right there 
in the feed if you would just click on that link. There are people that will be waiting to follow up with you as you feel just your basic information out there. Secondly, if you're listening and have never made Christ the Lord, the Savior of your life, and you want to know more about what that means, know the Christ that has transformed so many of our lives. He said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly, better quality of life, not just heaven, but here now on earth. If, if that's you, if you would, just click on that link that says connect, and we'll get you connected. We'll have someone reach out to you, not to harass you, but to share faith with you. And finally, if you have a prayer request, prayer need, and we can be praying with you, believing with you for anything, I want you to click on that same link. Let us know what that request is. We have people praying around the clock to make sure that we are literally taking your request along with you before God. And we're seeing all sorts of significant and miraculous answers to those prayers. So make sure you click on that link. Now listen, next week is Mother's Day weekend. I want you to tune in. And after Mother's Day, we're going to continue again in this series entitled Dream Assassins. I pray that it's been a blessing to you. Now, Lord, we thank you for being the love in every believing heart, the peace in every believing mind, the breath in every believing spirit, and the life in every believing soul. And we say, may the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the sweet communion of his precious Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide now, henceforth, and forever. As we're becoming more like Christ and our environments are becoming more like heaven, it will matter that we live. Jesus' name, we believe this to be done. All those who agree, let me hear you say amen. God bless you. Go in peace. If not careful, you'll go from magnitude to management to minimization with your dream. After being restricted too long, you'll dismiss your dream of greatness as a youthful ambition. Life at Potiphar's house was good, but not what he dreamt. There's something about adversity that, that beats the God-inspired dreams out of your sight to your periphery all the way to a forgotten memory that was up front. But here we find the, if not careful, we'll fall into the trap or until the crosshairs of the silent assassin. Here it is the good that can undermine the great for us. Where dreams are traded for comforts and magnitude for the middle. Destiny for predictability. Cognitive development, particularly in early adulthood, where, where he was from young adulthood on, post-formal thought, we become realistic. It's where idealism decreases. Now, that's healthy for from most folks, and it helps balance us out. But when it is a God-given dream, a God-birthed dream, we don't negotiate with it, but we press into it. Sometimes our circumstances 
don't change instantaneously, but we've got to keep our mindset above our circumstances. We have to keep the trajectory of our lives turning upward. And if our circumstance is not turned upward, our hope should be. As long as we're living, the dream is still possible. As long as we're living, the, the dream is still attainable. As long as there's breath in your body, God is still orchestrating and scheming behind the scenes in ways that you can't see. But he's looking for some folks that will partner with him, even while you are temporarily sidelined, temporarily confined. And I do say temporarily because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Trouble don't last always, y'all. It's turning around. But it takes time. It was 13 years between the time Joseph was thrown into the pit and the time that he ascended to the palace. Thirteen long years. He was betrayed by his brother. He was brought into servitude. He elevated there, was falsely accused, thrown into prison, and eventually gets to where God is taking him. But it was 13 years. You know what happens when you don't experience the manifestation of your dream over a substantial period of time? You believe it's not going to happen. You believe that God's done. You believe that it's not going to work out the way you expect it. You dismiss it again as youthful optimism. But you've got to keep your eye on your dream. Keep your hope lifted before the Lord. Keep sight of your dream. Now, I want to talk to someone who is stuck in a confining circumstance because what you note from Joseph here is not someone who dishonored where he stood in pursuit of where he was going. I want to be clear that you understand I'm not suggesting that we should not be thankful and faithful where we are. Nothing's worse than a dreamer who is so obsessed with their tomorrow that they are careless with their today. A dreamer that is so enraptured by their ultimate post that they dishonor their current one. We see this in churches. The moment someone realizes that God has a call on their life, at times they'll burn the bridge where they are before they get to where they're going. We see it at restaurants. There are people serving good food with terrible attitudes because even though they're there, as they're there, it's beneath them because they're working on other things. They have bigger dreams, greater aspirations. There's nothing worse than someone who is living in there tomorrow and giving me bad service in the restaurant today. Because you're going to have your own company. The moment you realize that it is in the realm of possibility, there's some listening who dishonor the company where they are. You show up late to work and you want your own company. What I found is God will bless you in your own in the same way that you served in someone else's. You want your employees to show up on time, but you come late to everything because you're above this job with your friendships, 
You've met folks that are more influential, important. Maybe people that have greater access and you burn the bridges with those that have been loyal to you. You leave them for bigger and better things. I, I don't think there should be a dichotomy between the two. You can still dream and be faithful where you are. You can be reaching while work with one hand while working with the other. You can be reaching with one hand while diligently serving with the other. We see throughout Scripture people faithfully serving where God has planted them while lifting their sights to a better place. Well, we're grateful for every opportunity and remain faithful, I want to remind you to hold on to your dream. Hold on to it. You have to learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. Be faithful to where you are, but the flip side is know you are going somewhere. Joseph was there before he went to the palace for 13 years. Listen, you have to learn over extended period of time, even though the dream is not a reality, you've got to think like you're going somewhere. You've got to walk like you're going somewhere. You have to prepare like you're going somewhere. You have to remember that you will not stay here forever. Even if God delays things, it does not mean he's denied me the dream. I'm going somewhere. In fact, type that in your chat or tell the person sitting next to you, I'm going somewhere. I know it doesn't look like as much. I know it looks like things have gone sideways. I know it looks like I've gone down, but I'm still going somewhere. I still believe that God has a hope for me, a future for me, a destiny for me. I'm going somewhere. Don't judge my circumstance. You better listen to this dream. I'm going somewhere. I'm here to tell you, manage well. Yeah, yeah. Take care of Potiphar's house well. Serve where you are well, but practice like you're a ruler. God, I wish I had time to talk about how you can serve here, but get your ruler practice in. Practice like you're a ruler. Manage their affairs like it's your own. Yeah, take those deposits in and get used to those denominations because one day it won't be for them. You'll be depositing that into your bank account. Sit in the meeting and take good notes, but know it's okay to think about how you're going to run the meeting when you're CEO. Do whatever you've got to do, but keep the dream alive. Don't let the dream die. Don't let it be snuffed out by the silent assassin called the middle. I came to talk to some people who are in the middle. There's a range of things that you experience in the middle. Before Joseph was where he was going, he, the beginning of his middle phase was literally thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. He was at the bottom of the totem pole. And while at the bottom of the totem pole, while you're in the middle, you have to remember that God still has a hope and a future for you that because your circumstances have changed does not mean dream is dead. But as you 
begin to elevate from the lower rungs of the middle into the upper echelon of the middle. Still remember, <laughs> that is the middle. Though there may be perks that you didn't have when you first got to Potiphar's house and doors of access you didn't have when you first walked in. Don't ever negotiate with your destiny. Don't ever become comfortable with being a big fish in a small pond when there are oceans that God's shown you. Be faithful where you are, but refuse to stay where you are. And even if your circumstance does not change for a while, I want you to change your mindset. And as you're serving there, as you're working there, as you're laboring there in a capped environment, I want you to labor and serve like you're doing it in the palace because what I found is if you bring palace-like quality in a capped environment, it is a matter of time before God will take you to the actual palace. Never lose sight of your God-given dream. Keep your eye out not only for the assassins that are out there, but the one who is right here. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for meeting us where many of us are. And while we celebrate all that you've done, even in this place, through challenges, through difficult circumstances, and through setbacks, I pray that you cause us to remember who we are. Cause us to remember the gifts that you've placed in us, the dreams, the, the vision, the magnitude that has been minimized while we've dwelt for too long in the middle. Remind us until our mind changes. Remind us until our countenance is raised. Remind us until we find fresh inspiration. fresh inspiration and continue to remind us until you take us to the palace and to the manifestation of the magnitude you first showed us. And we'll give you glory, we'll give you honor, we'll give you praise as we declare a God-given dream shall not die but live. Jesus' name, all those who agree, let me hear you say amen. Listen, my prayer is that this message met you where you are. 
and cause your dream to stir in your heart again. I pray that God has reminded you of who you are and that you never forget it. Listen, if you don't have a church family, a church home, and you want to make this place, Antioch Church, your church family, church home, listen, we would love to be your family, your church home. There is a link right there in the feed. If you would just click on that link, there are people that will be waiting to follow up with you as you feel just your basic information out there. Secondly, if you're listening and have never made Christ the Lord, the Savior of your life, and you want to know more about what that means, know the Christ that has transformed so many of our lives. He said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly, better quality of life, not just heaven, but here now on earth. If, if that's you, if you would, just click on that link that says connect, and we'll get you connected. And we'll have someone reach out to you, not to harass you, but to share faith with you. Then finally, if you have a prayer request, prayer need, and we can be praying with you, believing with you for anything, I want you to click on that same link. Let us know what that request is. We have people praying around the clock to make sure that we are literally taking your request along with you before God. And we're seeing all sorts of significant and miraculous answers to those prayers. So make sure you click on that link. Now listen, next week is Mother's Day weekend. I want you to tune in. And after Mother's Day, we're going to continue again in this series entitled Dream Assassins. I pray that it's been a blessing to you. Now, Lord, we thank you for being the love in every believing heart, the peace in every believing mind, the breath in every believing spirit, and the life in every believing soul. And we say, may the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the sweet communion of his precious Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide now, henceforth, and forever. As we're becoming more like Christ and our environments are becoming more like heaven, it will matter that we live. In Jesus' name, we believe this to be done. All those who agree, let me hear you say amen. God bless you. Go in peace.